I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here we are, round eight of the Supercoach 365 podcast, coming to you again, Ryan Selvage and Tommy Hudson. Uh, big week in terms of Supercoach scores, a big week for Nathan Cleary and Ryan Pappenhausen to round out a massive week of Anzac round footy. Tommy, how are you? G'day mate, yeah, very good. Uh, big round of scoring yet again. Uh, it's becoming more and more like the 2021 version of the game that we obviously saw last year. The scoring is just going absolutely berserk. Uh, I suppose you're the beneficiary of it this week. Yeah, and uh, obviously headed by those two men that uh, we mentioned there at the top, Nathan Cleary, a bumper score uh, on, um, when was it, Sunday afternoon? It was a massive score, 158 and then uh, Ryan Pappenhausen backed it up on uh, Anzac Day night with uh, 150 plus of his own. That really was the tail of the round, though, wasn't it? Because if you captain one of those two, you're probably pretty happy or very happy in our case. Uh, but if you didn't, you're probably a little bit disappointed. Yeah, you're probably watching on between your fingers like that because it was uh, a tough watch. I think we both captain Cleary, so we're very happy yep. on good terms with ourselves on our Sunday night. But then. I must admit, once Paps, uh, once the Storm got on top of the Warriors last night, Paps could have went to almost 200 if he didn't come off late. Yeah, we'll get to that very soon in our good, bad and ugly. Of course, uh, just before we get uh, too far and waxing lyrical on the good, we've got to talk a little bit of bad because I was out at the SCG on Anzac Day and the Roosters, one of these teams that we put so much faith in to start the year, they just failed to deliver again. And uh, it's just a matter of now, when will it click for the Roosters or will it click for the Roosters this year? Yeah, it's, it's becoming really frustrating. Obviously, we saw it start from round one, you know, against Newcastle at home, sunny day. We all expected big scores there. They didn't even win the game. Yep. Same against the Warriors. They did win, but pretty ordinary. And then last week, uh, yesterday against against Saints, they weren't terrible. I thought Saints were pretty good, I must admit. I've been a big bag uh, criti- critical of Saints, but they've yep. actually uh, played quite well yesterday. But yeah, the Roosters, they're just not firing. I think they will come good, but how much patience can we really have? Yeah, and I think that's the tale of our 
uh, scores to start the year. We'll put them up on your screens right now. Uh, recapping the week just gone, but also you'll see our overall scores there, our ranks as well. So, Tommy, 14-10 for you uh, this week, or if I got that right there, 14-10. Um, so yep. still in the top 10% and top 1% overall, so you're doing quite well. Yeah, I was uh, waiting to it in a sec, but I was worried after the first few games, but saved by some big scores late on. I just wanted to stay in the top 1,000 this week, and I'm, I think I'm 984, so I just, just snuck in there. Hanging in there just. Uh, 15.78 for the Battlers this week. Good week. Everything that uh, could go right just about did. So I uh, said this time last week, didn't I, that I was pretty happy with how the team was coming together, but they just weren't performing. But uh, the boys definitely switched it on in round eight. Uh, I think I'm now into the top 10%. I was there about round four or five as well. So the matter of consistency, you got to back that up this week, uh, of course, but team value coming along nicely as well. Tommy, let's get into this, uh, our good, our bad, and our ugly from the week just gone. Uh, let's start with the good. We always like to start with the positives. I'll kick us off here with uh, the good, and we've already mentioned it a couple of times already, but Nathan Cleary, Ryan Pappenhausen, got those decisions right. As you say, a bit touch and go there watching the Storm uh, pile on the points against the Melbourne, uh, sorry, against the Warriors in Melbourne, but... Uh, Cleary again. It was a. We said the last week that he was a must, a priority to get in last week, and turned out that way in the end, didn't it? Yeah, it was very similar to his performance against Brisbane. You know, it was only at about thirty odd at half time against Canberra, and then a huge second half, pretty much assisted every single try Penrith scored. So it was great viewing for Cleary owners. Uh, my good was Isaiah Papali'i. I uh, brought him in a couple of weeks ago when Payne yeah. Haas was suspended. He's been great ever since. 123, I think, on Sunday against Newcastle. Two tries in that second half. He's really everything that people want David Fafita to be. He already is that, as I believe. I think he's a very underrated player. Definitely. And I guess that dual position potentially makes him even better than Fafita and uh, Haas included. So uh, definitely one to keep an eye on. If you haven't already got him, you'd be looking uh, towards getting him in the next couple of weeks. Uh, let's talk a bit of the bad. Now, in, as I said, I've said that Ryan Pappenhausen going very good was such a good thing. But in hindsight, maybe it was a bad thing because I, as a uh, Cleary captain and myself, I was nearly sitting back hoping he didn't go as good because those who captained uh, Pappenhausen obviously found some late points at the back end of the week. Yeah, 52 points in that second half from Melbourne. I can't remember seeing a game like that in my life. Uh, I think if he didn't come off, he would have probably ended up closer to 200. So Bellamy was looking after us there, perhaps. Uh, my bad was Blake Taff. Brought him in last week. He still made money because his break game was in the negatives, but yeah. I really brought him in for some points. He only got 21 against the West Tigers, and that was all goal kicking. Barely got involved in their attack, so it wasn't great signs from him. I don't know the stats exactly, but I dare say he would have had four or five errors as well. He just Every time he tried to get himself involved, just things didn't quite go to plan. And ugly, to round us out, Thursday night footy, I'm sitting there. I, I'm pretty happy with myself because I've got Nico Hines. I think I'm not going to get burned too much here if the Sharks go really well. How wrong I was. Sifa Talakai, that first half, incredible performance. What did he have? Two tries, a couple of try assists. Uh, three line breaks, I think, eight tackle busts. He just went on and on and on. And I think the only thing that saved the, the um, saved me and Manly in the end was the change of ends and that win, which uh, the Sharks couldn't run uphill in the second half. And that effectively stopped the Sharks and, and Talakai in his tracks. Yeah, it was awesome viewing that first half. When he put that kick through for one of his tries, I was just thinking, how good is this bloke all of a sudden? I don't know where, where this form's been for the last few years from him, but yeah. unbelievable. Um, that was a similar ugly to me. I didn't have Talakai and also didn't have Hines, and Hines got nearly 100. So 
that was a really tough watch on Thursday night. And thank God Manly came back a little bit to keep it respectable. Yeah, very lucky uh, in the end, I guess, you and I as uh, non-Talakai owners. And uh, that's definitely a big um, talking point. We'll get to it at the back end of the podcast tonight, of course. Plenty of listener questions and Talakai is a focus uh, amongst all of that. Let's put up uh, the rest of the scores here from round seven, though, as we recap last week's results. And it was Talakai and the Sharks who kicked us off on Thursday. A big win, 34-22 to over the Seagulls. It could have been bigger, 32 nil at half time. The Broncos and the Bulldogs, they were the only Friday night game. And the Broncos coming from behind, 34-14 to points. Victors. Tommy, I want to talk about this one uh, in depth a little bit. Uh, the Cowboys and the Titans, 30 points to 4. Not a result you saw coming. I was keen on the Cowboys. I didn't think they'd win by this margin, but... What are we making of the Cowboys? Are they a serious, well, they a threat to the Premiership this season? Because, you know, before a ball's kicked, we had them getting the spoon just about. Yeah, we. I think I had them 15th. You might have been the same. Um, I don't think they're a threat to the Premiership, but they're becoming top eight chances for sure. Like, they're only, Titans were very bad, I have to say, but Cowboys are still playing really solid defensive footy. Yep. I think Todd Payton's rubbing off on them. He's going really well. Um, later that night, we saw the Tigers beat the Rabbitohs. Another amazing win for the Tigers, 23-22. On our Sunday, it was two demolition jobs, really. Eels 39 over the Knights 2. Good luck to you if you had picked the score in that game. And uh, the Panthers beat the Raiders 36-6. And then Anzac Day footy was pretty entertaining, wasn't it? Yeah, the Dragons uh, too good for the Roosters in the end, 14 points to 12. Another team like the Cowboys, which continues to surprise us. And then again, that uh, massive scoreline to round us out, 70 points to 10. If you back the unders, uh, it was a very uh, quick watch, that one. You would have been turning it off. Um, what about that, though? Uh, I mean, we can go on and on about the, the Storm and just how good they are, but we'll throw up our overall scores here now. Of course, the Supercoach 365 overall group, 576855. You'll find it under your leagues uh, in your Supercoach Classic comps, of course. Uh, Roosters, Pack Troy, still he leads the way. I think he's been there for a couple of weeks now, and I dare say that massive score... Uh, this week and overall total has been helped by some of those Storm players, Pappenhaus and Munster, and maybe Jerome Hughes, and of course, Talakai and Nico Hines as well. Yeah, yesterday was obviously a massive, massive for Supercoaches last night, Munster and Pappenhaus, and it's just getting to that time of year where you need to have those key attacking players, and that was the main feature of Supercoach last year. I think the start of this year kind of went back a few years, a little bit maybe, yeah. but we're getting back towards that. You just need those high ceiling players, and yeah, well on to Roosters back again. He's still sixth overall. Massive. Uh, of course, not too late to join that. Five, seven, six, eight, double, five. You can get in, uh, of course, $500 to the winner, courtesy of Top Tippers. Uh, the only condition is is you have to give us a thumbs up across the socials, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, and I guess show us that at the end of the year. You'll be in the running for the prizes. Probably a good segue to uh, introduce our socials and, of course, our YouTube. You should be with us by now right across uh, the socials. We are at Supercoach365 and on YouTube as well. If you are listening to the podcast, uh, head on over because nights like this, Tommy, when we talk origin squads, we're going to get into this, uh, a real feature of the podcast tonight, round 13 planning and the origin squads, the implications of that. It does help if you can see what we're talking about. And we're going to throw up some graphics later in the podcast when we get to that. Uh, before we do, though, let's talk some round eight footy. Uh, and it kicks off again. Two teams we've mentioned already that uh, had good wins last week, the Broncos and the Sharks. They get us underway on Thursday night. This one, Suncorp Stadium. $1.28 the Sharks, $3.75 the Broncos outsiders. The line, 11 dollars for $1.90 each or two with topsport.com.au. 
Yeah, really looking forward to this one, to be honest. Uh, Brisbane have shown a lot of fight the last few weeks. They seem to go really well at Suncorp Stadium in these night games. And obviously the Sharks are flying. Um, Samari Martin, the other night, I thought he was quite good. And he might be staking his claim to get that 5'8 jersey once Tessie News back, perhaps. Yeah, he looks good. A little bit like a drink water at the Cowboys. Uh, obviously, we've known them as predominantly 5'8s in their NRL career, but coming on, wearing the number one and... I guess showing us, like Nico Hines, the one, the seven, the six, it's all but interchangeable depending on where you're catching the ball and which side of the field. But I thought he was good. Uh, looks strong, couple of half breaks. He'll only get better. I guess the story out of last week was Katoni Staggs from a super coach sense. Didn't quite live up to the billing that he had the, a couple of weeks before that with scores uh, over 100. Uh, but that's the matchup we're looking forward to here, isn't it? Staggs and Talakai. And Staggs called him out after that win over the Dogs. He said, Talakai, let's go. Let's bring it on. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, I really think it's going to be a bigger test for Talakai because, like, with all respect to Morgan Harper, you know, like, Katoni Stags is a different different kettle of fish. I honestly think Stags could get the points over him this week. It's going to be a great battle, uh, and probably whoever comes out victorious in that centre battle will go a long way to seeing which team wins. There's a, there's a real reason why I haven't brought in Talakai um, to this point, and we'll get to our trading places a little bit later. But I remember saying and, and, sorry, saying and seeing when Talakai went into the centres that I was burned, uh, or I wasn't going there near Talakai because he was ripped up by Katoni Staggs a game in season 2020. Go back and watch it. Uh, the lateral movement of Katoni Staggs that gave Talakai all hell. I mean, I shouldn't be playing Supercoach two years in arrears, but that was the reason why I didn't bring in uh, Talakai in the first place. So I'd love to see that from Staggs this weekend to really justify why I didn't bring Talakai into this point. Well, this will be his real test, Talakai. If he can put a show on and like show up Katoni Sags, who's one of the premier centers in the game, well, I'll start to take him really seriously. Um, maybe he will get in the extended origin sort of squads. Uh, not much other team news, really. Wade Graham is on the extended bench for the Sharks, which is interesting. Dale Finucane also returns, which puts Cam McInnes back. Uh, do you think we'll see Wade Graham, perhaps a late inclusion? And who does he, make, who does he uh, put out of the team? Yeah, um, a mate of mine actually saw him and had a word with him at uh, the Anzac Day game. Of, he was doing some stuff for um, Triple M up in the commentary box. So he said he was looking fit and he's confident of getting back soon. I don't think it'll be this week. But uh, if he's up there and he's on the plane, then he's probably a, a better chance not to play, but definitely one to watch. Of course, that, what that means then for Talakai going forward, Teague Wilton going forward, Connor Tracy to come back as well. Don't forget, Ikevalu's, uh, you know, still plying his trade for Newtown, I think, uh, as recent as last week. So, Sharks, the depth was questioned at the start of the year, but um, definitely looking the good so far. $1.28 uh, head-to-head. We won't be playing that if we're having a, a play with topsport.com.au this week. But that left side of the Sharks, it is... Uh, the value when you're looking at try scorers, at least the favoured way of going. Ronaldo Mulatalo, $1.72 anytime try scorer. Of course, he'll be going down uh, Broncos' right side, so running at Cobo. I wouldn't be backing Talakai for a try this week. I think Staggs has done an, enough of a job defensively on his opposite numbers this year to think that I can I can see a world where Talakai doesn't score a try this week. I'm with you. I actually like Staggs to score a try. $2.93 with top sport. I think going back to that lateral movement comment you mentioned earlier about Talakai, I think we could see Staggs get one over him, and he's played well against the big teams he's shown in the past month. I actually think Broncos, maybe at the start, 11.5 at home, I think it might be a bit closer than that, so I'll probably be with them. 
Yeah, and class number seven there as well. Uh, we saw that last week from Adam Reynolds and, and what he does bring to this Broncos team. And conversely, what the uh, Rabbitohs are now missing with him not there, of course. They couldn't clinch that game against the Tigers. You think if Reynolds was there, they probably do walk away uh, with the two points. Let's push on, though. Uh, next game, of course, the early game on Friday. The Gold Coast Titans up against the Premiership Hot Shots, the defending champs, the Panthers. Uh, team news, the Panthers unchanged. Uh, news from NRL.com that uh, Brian Toto is aiming at around nine returns. So I don't think he was named in the extended reserves today, and if he was, he won't be playing anyway. So um, the Panthers, they're just going to get even better when they welcome back uh, the origin winger. Yeah, look, I know comps aren't one in April, but have you ever seen a team go better at this time of the year than Penrith? Like, they're just Scary. absolutely flying, honestly. I don't even think Karen played that bad on Sunday, but we couldn't get a tackle in their half for, for 40 minutes. Um, they're just Their pressure is relentless. And you've still got one of their best players in Tyler to come back. It's just actually is scary, to be honest. Uh, the Titans, Brimson goes back to fullback, which I think we both probably agree is a good move. I don't mm-hmm. think it was working in the halves. Jaden Campbell's on the extended bench. I don't know if he's going to get in, though, really. Will Smith at six, but they just really lack that experienced head in their team, the Titans. They're just falling apart a little bit, I think. Yeah, maybe Smith is that. I don't know. I think Sexton, he he and Brimson just isn't working. They're both runners of the footy, whereas Smith, he probably is as well, but he may give them a bit more direction, sort of like what Cody Walker is doing from the six uh, at the Rabbitohs, or what he should be doing anyway. Uh, Sami back on the wing, Herbert in the centres, and that means Fafita returned to the back row. As a Fafita owner last week, Tommy, what did you make of his performance against the Cowboys? Because must have been frustrating having seen what Talakai did on Thursday night you've got the same sort of ability even perhaps better with Fafita out in the centers it just didn't make it happen the Titans no it didn't work out at all um I was surprised he even played the centers in the second half because it was clear in the first half it wasn't really working uh back to the second row this week you wouldn't think there'd be a late change because yeah it just didn't work I don't know maybe we expect too much of Dave Fafita because he's got that big price tag but yeah it's a tricky one he probably needs he probably needs a strong coach and a strong captain to get him into the line, I guess. I've said to you a couple of times last year, and you disagreed with me strongly, I think they need to move him close to the ball, not further away. I'd have him at lock. Um, I know he's not the ball-playing type like a Yo or a Murray, but he doesn't have to be. I just think he can do what he can do in the middle of the field. And I mean, you talk of big bodies and lateral movement, he would be something scary, I think, in, in jersey number 13. Uh, anytime try scorers, there, there'll be plenty of them. We laughed this time last week when we clicked uh, through the top sport markets and the top seven or eight were Panthers. We're not laughing this week. It's exactly the same, but, I mean, you'd be a brave man to go any other way. Taylor May, the favoured way, $1.54. He just keeps making money, doesn't he, Tommy? He's break-even this week. I think it's mid-40s, maybe mid-50s, but you think he could knock that over in a heartbeat, one or two tries, and, again, he and, and uh, Isaac Tango, they just keep making money in key positions. Yeah, and I guess judgment day for those guys will come next week when Ty's back. I still think Stain should make way... Do you have any intel of what's going to happen? Surely Taylor May can't be out of the team. No, I mean, yeah, you can't drop him. I don't think you can drop Crichton back to the wing um, like they did last year, of course. They had Momorowski there playing centres, uh, an out-and-out winger. So, yeah, I think that um, super coaches are almost hoping that uh, Brian goes back to the right side. But, I mean, Staines hasn't been horrible either. So, um, an embarrassment of riches out there at Penrith Way. 
Uh, we mentioned uh, Isaac Tago there, or Tango, plenty of questions uh, about him as well. It was probably he and uh, Talakai which flooded the inbox today. Is it time to sell Isaac Tago? Uh, stick around, we'll give our thoughts on that at the back end of the podcast. But you think it's uh, Penrith's way of making it eight in a row this week, Tommy? Um, it's going to be hard to see them losing this one. Yeah, 19 and a half is the start. Um, I probably would have to be on the minus there. Penrith, they don't let in more than two tries a game. And the Titans probably have one of the worst defences in the comp. So it's hard to imagine anything but a slogging, really. Nathan Cleary making money this week as well. So if you've missed that boat, it's going to be very, very tough to get him in. And Origin around the corner as well. You may as well just sit back and watch him uh, do what he does. And uh, it's going to be even tougher, I think, watching him this weekend. 150, he might get that again uh, three weeks in a row. Uh, next game, though, the Rabbitohs and the Seagulls. Uh, this one, uh, the primetime game on Friday night. Uh, Isaiah Tass, Supercoach Popular Cheapy, back in the centres with Tane Milne suspended. Uh, Jacob Host out with C's uh, Havili back onto the bench. Now, will this impact Damian Cook, you think? I know he's coming in as a back row role, but we have seen in the past Havili come on and play a bit of nine. I'd like to think not as an owner, and I think he's honestly been probably the best player this year so far, Cook for South. So, like, I hope he gets 80, and you, you probably should. Uh, I don't think Tass would have to play that well to hold out Tane Milne when he comes back because I don't think Milne's been doing much at all on that left side. He's kind of just a body there. But, yeah, this is a big game for South to kind of get back into the winner's circle. Uh, Manly still waiting on that man, Tom Trevojevich. I think they're saying round nine still, around 10. It's before origin, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think you'll get one or two weeks uh, a look at some games before Origin. Um, just on that as well, uh, just on the Rabbitohs, I know they haven't been getting the results, but speaking of those players, the super coach relevant players of years gone by, particularly last year, AJ and Cody Walker getting back into some try-scoring form and some try-assisting form for Walker as well. So we spoke about this little window for Souths. Are they relevant? I know their price... <laughs> Have we missed the boat even on AJ this week? I think he's probably making cash, 550k even. Well, we keep saying, you know, this window of South's good fixtures, but they're not actually playing that well, you know. Yeah. Like they're, they're not actually capitalising on these good fixtures. And I, I don't know, are they going to? Or are they just maybe not that good this year? That's the thing. We'll find out maybe uh, on Friday night because, of course, Manly, they're weakened, aren't they? Uh, Ola Kawatu out, one of their strike weapons, another super coach relevant name to start the year. Ethan Bullimore back in the uh, second row. He will uh, start from the run-on side, as it's named, on Tuesday night. Uh, and, of course, uh, Talakai, I don't think he's ended the career of Morgan Harper. He might have just <laughs> given him a little hiatus. Uh, k- k- uh, Tolotal Kula, I think it is. Sorry, I've just got his surname here. Uh, Kula named back in the centres. So uh, I think his break-even still around mid-20s. Chance to be making some more money. So I think for the first time in a long time, a lot of super coaches will be having their full complement of CTW options playing this week. Yeah, Kula's a big in for a lot of people who want to put the reserve on him. And look, South's defence isn't, you know, watertight. So it was a good chance to at least score a try. Uh, just back on South for a second. I would say, though, despite kind of bagging them out, Cody Walker, 463000 I bet you we didn't ever think he was going to be that price this year. Yeah. Maybe it is time to pull the trigger on him if you can't afford it. Just about a straight swap. Um, maybe not quite, but very close to with Lachlan Ilias, if you're still holding Ilias. I know you've got Taft there, maybe in a couple of weeks' time, but you'd think Cody has to come good sooner or later. We saw this with Luke Keery as well. Um, started the year as popular picks around... Well, Kiri was 550 and Cody was, I think, mid-700s. But um, 
yeah, these big names in uh, the 5-8 slot losing a lot of cash to start the year. It just maybe emphasises the fact of how good Munster has been and Dylan Brown as well uh, in a position with not much depth. Uh, anything you like here for a try scorer, Tommy? Uh, you've mentioned there uh, the quick, uh, the sorry, the speeds, the cooler coming in, and I think he'll be running at. Is he running at the rookie Tass, or is he on the other side this week? He's a left, so no, I think he'd be running at Campbell Graham. So I could be, I could be wrong there, but uh, maybe not him. I don't know about a try scorer here. I probably think Manly at two dollars thirty a possibly a bet I, I don't think south have played that well to deserve to be a dollar 64 what do you think yeah no I, I couldn't be backing them especially what i saw last week against the tigers the tigers probably a little bit improved but not i mean they're still not making the top eight and south's um found a way to lose that one a dollar 87 alex johnston that's probably one to throw in the multis if you are having uh, a same gamer because he's getting back into that try scoring form i think he's got four in the past two weeks so uh, good signs from alex johnston at least down the left side for south's next game up though the warriors and the raiders uh, not exactly a prime time game this one saturday 3 p.m uh some big outs for the warriors on the back of that big loss to the storm uh watini zelezniak out obviously after being knocked into next week uh, Curran out as well, suspected MCL, I think, so that could be up to six weeks. Uh, Aaron Penne suspended and Kosi dropped, uh, which sees Supercoach Cheapy, uh, Viliami Vallejo come back into, uh, I think he's on the wing this week, so um, chance to find some points for the Supercoach Cheapy. Yes, yeah, it was hard to get excited about this game, to be honest. Both teams were hammered on the weekend, but maybe that'll make them come out with a point to prove. Uh, Vallejo, yeah, similar vein to Cooler, I guess. You could put the reserve on him, perhaps, against the weak defense of Canberra. I think Curran is a big out, though. Uh, I don't know how much he was owned in Supercoach. Maybe he was dwindling a little bit, but he's he's a key player for the Warriors, so I think that'll hurt them. It will. As a Raiders fan, Tommy, what do you make of the experiment, if you can call it that, with Rapana back to fullback and Savage on the wing? Did it work? Was it any different to having Nickel Clockstar there, or is it just a case of shuffling the deck chairs? I think Savage was caught out a couple of times down that right side with uh, uh, Steph Crichton eventually scoring a hat trick. Yeah, look, it's hard to say because uh, Penrith were just so good. I think it didn't matter how we lined up the other day; they would have probably won by thirty. So, I do think Rapana is just a safer option than seeing K at the back at the moment. He, if Rapana's, he gives his best every week. He he really has a bad game, so I'm happy with him there. Maybe Savage against the Warriors. We saw how weak the Warriors can be defensively last night. Maybe this is his, uh, his game to stand up. Speaking of that, $1.77, the Raiders are favourites in this one. The Warriors just $2.05 <laughs> outsiders, which, I mean, I mean, it's hard to pick a winner. It's probably, uh, you know, it should be $1.90, really. I know that sounds funny after a team just loses by 60, but um, two teams, uh, yeah, frankly, very far out of form, but... Uh, they'll be hoping to get a win over the, their opposite numbers this week because this has to be a game. If they any chance of playing top eight footy, they've got to nail these games because they're effectively four-pointers. I think they'd be about $20.77 shots better than Canberra over the weekend because you would not touch them at the moment with stolen money. But maybe Jack Wyden would be my play. $3 any time. He saw how brittle the Warriors can be through the middle and Jack loves having an attack at the line, so he would be my bet. Okay, follow you in there. You probably know them better than anyone else. But um, that one, that's uh, Redcliffe, Morton Daly Stadium, uh, as we say. Uh, the line, uh, just one and a half. The Warriors get it. So, yeah, we're expecting a tight game there to kick us off on Super Saturday. Maybe not so 
the evening game, the Bulldogs and the Roosters. Again, mentioning teams out of form, the Roosters. I didn't think we'd be having this conversation, but I looked at this game today and I thought the Dogs are actually a chance of winning this. Like, if they turn up and play some competitive footy... I sat there yesterday at the SCG watching the Roosters lose to a Dragons team that they just shouldn't be losing games like that. They look all out of sorts. The spine just isn't working. The forwards are just losing ground every game, and that's probably where the Bulldogs are at their best. Uh, names like Thompson, Vaughan, and, of course, Pangai Jr., Jackson as well. So big forward battle here for the Roosters. They're going to have to stand up. Yeah, I agree with you about the forwards. I thought yesterday, particularly in that first half against the Dragons, the Dragons just monstered them through the middle. You know, the Roosters just wanted to go sideways and that it wasn't working at all. Maybe that will be, I guess, a catalyst for them to improve this week and just take it to the dog's pack. I'm not sure. I thought there were signs in the second half that the Roosters were coming good, maybe. But look, I'm very been optimistic about the Roosters all year, but getting pretty impatient about it. Yeah, we both are. Um, and as we sort of said, the tale of how we started the year, we put so much faith in the Roosters and names like Kiri and Tedesco and they've just bled cash and... Uh, one man who's probably propped that up is Joey Manu. He scored 100 yesterday, uh, super coach, and seems to be doing that weekly. And without Manu and maybe Tupanua there scoring tries, their attack would be very, very bleak. $1.19, the Roosters here uh, head-to-head. The $4.75 outsiders, the Bulldogs, the line, plus 13.5. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be touching this even at the plus, but... Um, I think if I'm having a bet, I'm probably backing the Bulldogs straight because I think they're going to have to find some form soon. I know they leaked plenty of points the other day, but the Roosters' attack isn't exactly firing either. So they can turn this into a scrap fest. I don't know the weather around Sydney on the weekend, but um, if they can make it one of those old you know, scrappy games, it could be uh, one of those upset wins. We've seen a couple of them in the recent weeks. Maybe this is the game. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, absolutely, because the Roosters are just continually failing to fire, but... There's another part of me that just thinks, what if they do click? Like they could win by 50. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, it's too hard to bet this game. Maybe Teddy anytime time, or 20. But yeah, it's 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 a tricky one for sure. It's probably due. Teddy hasn't scored, I don't think, um, well, at least in two or three weeks anyway. So it's probably due for a try. Team news, of course, Daniel Tupo will be missing from this one. So Kevin Nagama comes back in. And I guess uh, contrary to the late team lists uh, that were trotted out an hour before kickoff on Anzac Day, uh, Warrior Hargraves and Radley named to start so of course both of those guys came off the bench against the Dragons and it didn't seem to work did it they were just beaten to the punch and I think they trailed 12 nil early and by that point the game was gone yeah absolutely I don't it didn't work exactly right and I think they should start this week and like you said the dogs have a strong pack so they'd want to match them early for sure uh, next game, uh, rounding us out on Saturday. This one up at Darwin. Looking forward to this one. Two teams, uh, you know, when the whips are cracking right now. Uh, the Eels and the Cowboys. I think it's third and or fourth and fifth as it stands at the moment. So two teams uh, in good form. Eels unchanged, which means Dylan Brown stays in the centres. I know owners won't be uh, too fond of that. I don't think so anyway, reading uh, between the lines this week which means Jacob Arthur stays at 5'8". Now, this is an interesting one because a couple of weeks ago, Dylan Brown was, you know, the, the best 5'8 in the game, not just in the NRL, but Supercoach as well. So, strange decision this one to move one of their informed players out to a spot where he's going to be getting less ball. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when I saw Wacko's Whispers tweet at 1pm on Sunday about Dylan Brown's going to the centres. Like, when do you move probably your second best player almost out of their position? It seemed odd, but... I don't know, they won by 37 points. So I guess he's trying to do it again. I think this is a lot harder game though. Cowboys are playing really well. So maybe it'll burn them. I don't know. 
Cowboys unchanged um, from that big win over the Titans last week. Excuse me. Obviously, we've been seeing in recent times Cotter named on the bench, but he ends up starting and Tamalolo to prop. That's just the formula which seems to work. Someone who owns Cotter, Tommy, I mean, he had a couple of games there, mid-60s and 70s, but just a little bit off the pace last week. Is that a concern or happy to stick with him there knowing that those big scores are a possibility? I think it is a concern because from just watching him play, he's playing really well, getting involved, but it's just not translating to scores. He only got 43 the other night, and I don't think he could have done a lot more really. And I think his break-even is now up to around 70, so he could be on the chopping block. This one, uh, Eels $1.29 favourites, $3.65 outsiders, the Cowboys, the line 10.5, over under here, $40.5, $1.90. Now, again, spoke of Sydney weather. I don't know Darwin weather, but the overs could be in a bit of strife, I think, because the Eels, they love playing in dry footy. We saw that on the weekend. I know it was daytime there, but it's just a dry track, a hard track up in Darwin. They do have some speed on their edges, so I think that the the over 40.5 probably would be the way that I'd be going here, despite how good the Cowboys' defense has been. Yeah, and I dare say the heat will be playing a factor up there too. It rarely dips below 26, no matter if it's night or day. So I'll back you up on that one. I think it'll be a really good game, probably one of the games of the round, actually. I think the Cowboys are going real well. Eels have barely put a foot wrong, so looking forward to this one. Now, uh, this one, probably the mismatch, I should say, of the weekend. The Knights and the Storm. Spoon contender up against Premiership contender. Knights, they just keep winding them in. $9 now, I think, you'll get uh, for them to get the Spoon. And look, I don't want to say I told you so, but they're just starting to fall apart in the Knights. And it's a real tricky little period for them here. And I'm, I, I say this seriously. $8.50 outsiders this week. You're not thinking they're getting the two points. They could be, what are they, 2-6 and six potentially after this. Look at their draw before Origin. I mean, I can't see them having won any more than four or five games maximum by that point. So they're in a bit of strife, the Knights, and Dan Gagai out this week as well. It doesn't help the cause. No, it doesn't. And you've been a broken record about the Knights, but I'm starting to, starting to agree with you a little bit. That was really alarming the other day, the way they just folded against the Eels, only managed the penalty goal. Yeah, their attack's just been off all year, and it's not really surprising when you look at their spine of, like, other than Pongy, you've got Clifford, Clune, and Randall, so where are your points really coming from? <laughs> then you look on the other side of the coin, you've got a team that scored 70 yesterday. Jeez, um, I don't know. <laughs> this could be anything. Incredible. Um, yeah, the over under 42.5. Again, I'd be backing the overs. I think Storm could probably score that themselves, really. Um well, yeah, I mean, yeah, if the if the Knights kick a penalty goal, there's the two, and the, the Storm are scoring seven tries, so there's there's the overs already. Uh, team news, though, uh, we mentioned Gagai out there, broken cheekbone, so that sees Simi Sagi come in. Um, I don't know a hell of a lot about him, to be honest, and I guess that spells more trouble because Melbourne are unchanged from that lineup, which did a number on the Warriors, and I think the Warriors are a far better team than Newcastle, so... Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it'll be 70 to 10, but it's going to be a massive score. You can just tell. Yeah, and it just looks old, so we'll talk about captains shortly, but it's just another game where Pappenhausen will be popular, Munster's an option, Harry Grant will obviously probably go big again. The Storm are just really looking like the team of Supercoach at the moment, and uh, this is another great fixture for them. Yep, we'll get to our captains chat very soon. Uh, before we head to a break, let's talk one more game of footy uh, at the weekend, of course, rounding us out, 
the giant slayers of the past two weeks, the Tigers, uh, they have to go to Wollongong to take on the Dragons. And suddenly, this is a great game. Like, you looked at this one probably three or four weeks ago and you thought it's 15th versus 16th or close enough to it. But now, two sides which, you know, it must be said, they're probably playing the quality of footy in the past two weeks at least of teams fighting out for the lower place or even that eighth spot. Yeah, not a game we probably expected to look forward to, but it's all of a sudden it's a really attractive clash, which is great. Um, it's a hard one to pick too. I, I don't know. Uh, super coach wise, probably not a lot happening. Uh, Lomax has been solid in the back line. I did get rid of him a few weeks ago, but he, he consistently churns out 60 to 70. So if you do have him, you definitely haven't been disappointed. No, and um, I mean, again, I don't want to give it away our trades this week, but I did look at him, Lomax. I thought maybe he's a chance. I think the Dragons have a good run. Can't, I don't think they play 13. I think that was the thing that made me think twice about bringing him in this week, and we'll get to our origin chat soon. Just on the team news, though, for the Dragons, uh, Jack Bird was named to play, but we think he's got a broken forearm, so he's probably missing uh, the next four to six, potentially. Uh, we'll wait for NRL Physio to confirm that. Yeah, well, I'd be amazed if he played. Uh, it looked like a pretty ordinary injury and there was a lot of talk that it was a broken arm of some description so i can't imagine he's going to be there which is a bit of a, an out for them i think because he's been one of the better players in recent times uh staff at tower fullback obviously dane Laurie's out for four to six weeks which is a bit of a blow for the tigers hastings uh he has been the catalyst for their resurgence i guess you've got here 90 plus touches the past two games that's that's out of this world yeah this stat from nrl roast today um so credit to Roasty for, for pulling this one out. So it just, just shows you, doesn't it, the, the influence that he has on the team. I think we said a couple of weeks ago when he wasn't there, um, not so much his touches, but just his attitude, like getting involved. He was taking hit-ups against the Knights when they were getting bashed in round two. So you just know he's going to put the team first. It's exactly what he's done. Coincidentally, he's probably putting himself first a little bit more. He just is a class player. And that's probably helped free up Luke Brooks a little bit as well. Um, Brooks, he looks to have a smile back on his face. Scored that uh, not quite the match-winning try the other day, but close enough too, and then kicked the field goal. So uh, suddenly the Tigers, not this uh, punching bag of a team, which they have been really for the past two years. But um, good to see, I guess, a struggling team coming good. Yeah, and just quickly on them, when Adam Dewey does come back, what do you think happens? Does he come in to the halves and maybe Brooks to nine, or will he just go back into the centres perhaps? I think you look at where they're lacking at the moment. It probably is the centres. I'd probably put him left centre, um, get him some good ball there on that sweeping play. And I think Luke Garner's currently there. And, um, you know, suddenly you get him back in the back row, and that is a, a dangerous left side because he can hit a hole, and Dewey, we all know what he can do. Uh, Gildart, the other side, of course, so... Yeah, it's probably a, a pick and choose what side Dewey will come back on. But, I mean, there's talk that Brooks will go to nine. I don't know. I'd, why change it if it's working at the moment? And that's it seems to be working at the moment. So uh, leave it the way it is. Of course, uh, the Dragons' favourites in that game, $1.55 head-to-head uh, with top sport. Tigers, outsiders, $2.45 the line, uh, minus five and a half. So, yeah, good betting game to end the, end the week, that one there. But, um Probably be playing some try scorers. You've already mentioned Lomax. I probably like the outsider, uh, Matt Fiena, as well. He's just such a strong winger, and when he gets a chance, he usually takes it. He's very strong. He has some nice carries at the start of their set as well. I actually like the Tigers here. I think uh, $2.45 and plus 5.5 are both really good value. I think the Dragons are obviously good on the Anzac Day, but you know that's such an occasion to get up for. 
I don't know if they'll be able to get up to the same levels uh, this week against West. And I just think West are, are playing pretty decent footy, so I'm going to go with them. Didn't think I'd ever see the day where you'd be tipping the West Tigers. But no, it makes sense. Yeah? They're probably playing the best footy that they've played in the past, really, three three or four years in the last uh, two weeks. That wraps us up for our Round 8 chat. But before we go to a break, actually, let's do this now. We'll talk captains. Um, this segment, Tommy, it's just going uh, gangbusters the past couple of weeks. Our captains call in on Instagram. We do it Wednesday nights, uh, 7 p.m., but we'll have a little bit of a chat about it now. Um, probably looks... Four genuine options, maybe five this week, depending how generous you want to be with the Parramatta Reels going to Darwin. But um, probably the first look at a captain, a real captain choice, could be Nico Hines against the Broncos. Thursday night footy, though, probably prefer the vice-captaincy, but Nico, just a model of consistency. Yeah, he just seems to find points no matter what. I, I, I watch him. I don't own him, so I'm probably very biased here, but I watch him and... I don't get how he gets to 100 every week, but he seems to find a way. He's, he's going really well. His goal kicking has definitely improved also. So he is definitely a shout. But I have to say the man on Friday night at 6 p.m., Nathan Cleary, he's got 250s back-to-back. The Titans can't really defend. I don't see why he can't go big again. Now, this is a point that would probably will dominate the conversation this week, isn't it? Cleary probably is the best captaincy option. But would you do it straight? I mean, you get a look at Hines. So if Hines gets a 150, then maybe you can loop him. But are you looping that? Probably not, really, because you've got two good options up your sleeve with Cleary and Pappenhausen against the Knights. Does the fact... Now, I probably shouldn't change your mentality. But does the fact that Cleary plays at 6 p.m. on a Friday, does it alter the way you look at it this week? Because it is very early in the week knowing that you've got Paps and Munster even and maybe Mitchell Moses against the Cowboys to come on Saturday and Sunday night. Yeah, I really do have, love having two bites at the cherry when it comes to the captaincy. So, like at the moment, I'm thinking of doing vice captain Cleary and then captaining someone else later in the round, possibly Pappenhausen. But then again, you got to find that loophole and find cop that low score uh, in return. So it's mm. it, you really have to weigh it up. Yeah, and mentioned at the top there names like uh, Valaya playing. Um, so you may not have him, and then obviously Cooler playing as well. So these center wings. You know, you're probably going to cop one of their scores and not a, like a Brody Jones or someone up in the 2RF or both Thermal if you're still holding or a Randall even at Hooker. So something to consider. Obviously, a name that we've mentioned there besides Cleary, uh, Mitchell Moses. Look, maybe not the best captaincy shout, the way he's performed the past couple of weeks. I think he's got a 72, maybe an 81 amongst that. But we have seen it already this year, haven't we? He can push a 140 upwards. So... Moses against the Cowboys. Cowboys defense has been pretty good, but I, as I said, my best bet in that game is the overs. If they get on a roll, the Eels, he could very quickly go three figures plus. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Cowboys probably have been defending better, like you say, so I wouldn't do it personally. I don't actually own Moses, but he's worth a shout, but I think there's probably better ones on Sunday, isn't there? Yeah, we'll get to uh, that right now. Just on Moses, though, he's almost at that point, isn't he? I, I mentioned here in the captain's chat, but I look at his break-even... I look at the fact that they're not playing round 13. He may have some origin. Um, I know he's not probably beating Cleary besides injury to the jersey, but he may be in an extended squad, which we'll chat very soon. He's either a captain or he's a trade-out this week. He, I mean, close enough to it anyway. Of course, Sunday afternoon footy, the game we've already spoken about, Pappenhausen and Munster at Newcastle. Now, Pappenhausen, obviously, the pick there giving of what we've seen last week. But he did come off early last week, so maybe that's something we have to consider as well. I mean, the damage was already done. 
But Munster, again, I love I love the way he's playing at the moment. Has that three-figure score in him. And when Paps does come off, he invariably goes to fullback. So that could make him even better. Yeah, Munster's uh, flying. I'm very glad that we both found him very early this year because he has not let us down at all, apart from maybe one game against the Bulldogs. But yeah. every other game has been very high scoring. But, yeah, I don't think he can go past Paps at the moment. Uh, he's just so involved in their play. Any line break, he's just looming up ready to score. And he's kicking goals pretty well as well. So, yeah, he's hard not to captain. He will be a popular pick this week. I think he's probably going to be an, uh, an even more popular pick this week than he was last week. I don't know what he was. It was at 20-something percent last week. Yeah, 22, I believe. And clear it was 15. And I think those two will just be dominating again for sure. Yeah, they're probably um, the clear picks of these two. VC Cleary, CPAP's probably the way that a lot of people will go. My message to anyone listening to this is don't overcomplicate it. Don't try and get smart. We saw it in round four when people tried to go to Munster against the Bulldogs and it sort of had that that pod captaincy play against Pappenhausen. Just simplify it. Pick the best player who, or with the best matchup this week. And as we say, it's probably hard to go past Cleary uh, on the Gold Coast or Pappenhausen at Newcastle. Uh, coincidentally, of those options we mentioned there, Hines, Cleary, Paps and Munster, all playing away from home this week, if that's a consideration. Probably not. They they don't really care where they play. They'll play on the moon and score 150, those three. Yeah, it's hard to imagine them all not going big again. And They're playing teams which aren't that strong defensively and just in really bad patches of form. So, yeah, pretty. I think we'll be seeing some big scores again up towards 1,500. He's hoping so. Uh, he's hoping that uh, the Battlers and the Doja Cats are amongst that lot. We're going to take a quick break here. Supercoach 365 podcast. On the other side, we're going to talk origin. We're still four or five weeks away from the teams getting named, but never too early to look ahead to uh, the premier game on the Rugby League calendar or the three-game series on the Rugby League calendar, but plenty of implications and impacts it will have on the Supercoach season as well. So stick with us. That's on the other side. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. And with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you well covered. So if you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Welcome back, Supercoach 365 podcast, proudly brought to you again in season 2022 by topsport.com.au. Um, before we get into the origin chat, we do this every week. We talk a bit of uh, rugby league futures. Top Sport, the only place where you're having a bet. If you do so, please do so responsibly. Uh, if you're not already a customer, you can join us, uh, join Top Sport via the link in our Instagram bio. Uh, put in your referral code as uh, I think it's S Coach three six five or at least click Supercoach three six five on the drop down. Tristan and the guys they will look after you as well. Uh, with that Premiership winner, probably the main market that we look to here, the Penrith Panthers into two dollars eighty favourites to take it out. The Storm the next uh, clear pick there three dollars sixty, and suddenly the Sharks seven dollars a clear elect. Uh, in the third line of betting, $7. So uh, they've come in, the Sharks, but uh, the, the two dominant names there, the Panthers and the Storm, looks a, a good go to make it uh, a rematch or a repeat of the 2020 Grand Final again this year. Yeah, it's really hard to go past them, isn't it? Penrith's defence is just unbelievable, and Melbourne's attack is so good to watch. And they play each other in uh, two weeks from now on Magic Ground on the Saturday night. So that'll be an awesome match and probably the Grand Final preview, if you ask me. 
looking at the make the top eight markets, we've, we said there, I asked you today, who is the fifth best team in the NRL at the moment? It's such a, a wide open question. But if you do think it's the Cowboys, $2.10 to make the top eight. I think that's probably a little bit of value there given what we've seen. Uh, still have to come up against some of those bigger names, don't they, like the Panthers and the Storm and prove themselves defensively. But $2.10, probably not a bad way if you are playing the top eight futures there. Or to miss the top eight, if you think there's a bit of value in some of these teams that are underperforming, maybe look at South Sydney, $2.85 to miss the top eight. So bit of value there around these teams that, um, I mean, Souths, they've lost um, some games this season already that they probably should be winning. We think the class is going to rise. Um, but we've said that about the Roosters as well. We're just, we're just still waiting to see it from these big teams. Yeah, absolutely. And teams like the Cowboys, $2.10 to make the eight. We never thought we'd see a price like that after seven rounds or whatever it is. So I, I don't know if they can sustain it, but hey, good luck to them. Maybe the Broncos, I think, are a decent price at $3.40. I just think they're capable of playing really good footy. They're getting better with Adam Reynolds. They've got Payne Haas there steering the ship uh, up front. I don't know. Some exciting backs as well. I, I think they're a smoking to make the eight. That's, uh, we still got all that to look forward to, don't we? Of course, you can have a look at all of those futures markets, topsport.com.au. They've got all the round eight markets up as we go to air tonight, and I have plenty more uh, leading up to the final series. Of course, if you jumped on our futures multi uh, start of the year, uh, you'd probably be licking your lips at the moment. That looks to be tracking along quite nicely as well. And of course, Tommy, they've got the state of origin markets up. Uh, New South Wales series favourites, I think they're about $1.40, which is pretty short for mine given what we'll see from the Queensland squad. Let's start with the New South Wales squad, though. The favourites, the defending champs. We'll bring this up on your screens now. Now, this is a possible New South Wales squad that we've put together collectively, you and I. Um, pretty much beyond Jersey's... Uh, what are we saying there? 18 and, and beyond, really. Um, maybe inclusions as probables or possible inclusions in Freddie's extended squad. We, we've picked 25 names here. We think they'll run with a, a broader squad this year, given COVID and the implications. But uh, what are we making of these names here? It looks a pretty solid squad and chances to make it uh, a couple of Origin series in a row. Yeah, it looks like almost my whole classic team, unfortunately. Uh, that's going to be the big takeaway from these squads. It's really, you're not going to have many players playing that round. Um, so it makes the games that are on very important to look at. And your next few weeks, you're going to have to sort of, sort of chopping and changing. But I'd say from this team that we see here, the New South Wales probable possible squad, I think the Roosters and the Panthers, or especially the Panthers, they're the most heavily impacted by it. And they actually play around 13. So there's a fair few, I guess cheaper options that we can look at from the Panthers to possibly fill our teams. For those listening on the podcast, we'll go 1-17 to here at the fullback. Still having James Tedesco there. I know there's some chat around, you know, will it be Pappenhausen Turbo? Teddy's the captain. Freddie's not going to not pick James Tedesco. Uh, so Tedesco here. Oh, uh, Tom Travojevic. Now, in the centres, we've got Steve Crichton slash Latrell Mitchell. I think they'll give Latrell Mitchell every chance, but if he's not fit, I think they just go with the Penrith combination from 2020 down the left. It'll be uh, Luai and Crichton there, of course. Uh, the right winger, we think, at this point, will be Josh Adokar. Can't remember him playing a bad origin game so far in his career. Uh, Luai and Cleary, the obvious picks in the halves. Front row, Haas and Safidi Hook. Um, sorry, Cook being the hooker. Now, this is where it gets interesting, doesn't it? The, the edge back row rolls for New South Wales. We think it's probably going to be Cameron Murray. Of course, he's playing through the middle for Souths. But Liam Martin, we, we both settled on Liam Martin here in jersey number 12. 
Probably not playing his best footy to date this season, but again, just that Penrith connection that they're going to have in the halves, and of course with Isaiah Yo likely in Jersey 13 as well, it is a real daunting prospect having this many club combos in an Origin team, and he probably gets first crack given what we've seen Penrith do already this year. Yeah, I think you've nailed it there with the Penrith connection. It puts him ahead of possible other candidates like Angus Crichton, who probably hasn't been playing his best footy. Although I do think Crichton will find his spot in the 17th somewhere. He's been a good origin player of the years. Uh, having a look at our bench, we went both went Nico Hines at 14. We'll talk about that in a sec. Hines or Pappenhausen, probably a toss-up. Junior Paulo, Jake Jabojevic and Tarek Sims. But there's many other names there that you could probably sub in for those guys. Yeah, you've already mentioned Crichton there. We had him in the extended squad. Again, probably like some of those other names below him. Uh, Mitchell Moses, White and Gutherson, Clemmer, Kaloa Matangi, Campbell Graham, and Sifatalakai. We've got him in jersey number 25, or at least in the squad, um, given his recent performances. There's been plenty of chat. Just uh, going back there uh, to Angus Crichton. Again, not playing his best footy, but sort of like uh, Josh Adekar, even at the Bulldogs. They've never played a bad origin game, I don't think. So Freddie will have to repay that in some way. Jake Travojevic in Jersey 16, that's probably an interesting one. Like, I think he's well below his best, but again, never let New South Wales down. And almost the other way here with Tarek Sims in the 17, again, he's probably not playing anywhere near his best either, but what he did for New South Wales last year, it almost has to be, you know, the faith repaid there as well. He was nearly New South Wales' best in the three-game series. Yeah, no, it's hard to argue. He was brilliant last year, and Freddie's a pretty loyal coach by the looks of it, so he may pick him again. I want to get your opinion on Hines versus Paps for the 14 spot. Mm. I honestly think they probably carry both into the game in their top 18 in some capacity. So it probably means obviously both won't be eligible for round 13. I don't think their clubs are playing anyway, but it will be uh, important for round 17. I think they'll be both included in the whole series. What do you think? Yeah, I think last year, game three, Nico Hines was the 18th man. I think he's proved himself enough for the Sharks this year to say, no, I can step up and fill a void, be it in the halves and, you know, fullback. We've seen him come off the bench for the Storm uh, in previous years and play in the centres. So, Hines, Mr. Versatile, I think he is a 14, more so than Pappenhausen, who we've seen he can, you know, be damaging through the middle coming off the bench for the Storm. But really, he's a fullback and, and not a knock on him, but... Probably not too much more than that, whereas Hines can play 1, 6, 7, 9, 13, and even you know, in the centres, as we say there. Speaking of round 13 buys, we'll put them up on uh, the screens here as well. You'll see them there. The Broncos, the St. George Illawarra Dragons, Parramatta Reels, the Knights, the Rabbitohs, the Sharks, the Storm, and the Tigers, all missing from action in round 13. Now, what we want to get to here is if they are to take in these extended squads, New South Wales and Queensland, well, what does that mean for teams that are actually playing that week? So uh, you've had a look at the draw there, Tommy, and you can see some names or at least some clubs who will figure that week. And uh, some of those less affected than others or those that are playing Origin that week, um, you know, those guys that will be missing, for example, Stephen Crichton, I traded him in a few weeks ago thinking he would be there round 13. But... The door suddenly opens up, for, particularly at Penrith. They could have six, seven mm. origin reps. So Penrith, one of those clubs that you could be looking towards now even trading in some of those lesser names. Yeah, and I think if we go back to someone we mentioned earlier, like Isaac Tago, I don't think we'd probably look at getting rid of him because he's going to be... A, they're playing the Bulldogs too, Penrith, in round 13. So he's yeah, probably right. looking at a decent score that day. I know it's still, what, three to four weeks off, four to five weeks off, but... I still think he's worth keeping purely for that round. Uh, Taylor May also will be a good scorer that week. 
what are Penrith's Ford stocks like on the bench? Who can come in for the likes of Yo and Martin? Yeah, it's probably where we're looking to Sorensen and Matty Eisenhuth's already been doing uh, some um, some good work there through the middle. Just put those buys back up on your screen there as well. So these are the clubs most affected in those Origin weeks, or at least round 13. Uh, excuse me. But, um, yeah, I think beyond that, if you are looking to sort of trade out some of these players um, and maybe bring in almost like nothing, I know it's very early in the year to start thinking about cashing out and, and I guess, using that cash elsewhere and trading in non-playing players, but... Would you be shocked if Maverick Guy makes his NRL debut that week? So, again, probably a good chance there to bring in someone like that. Or a Shannon Harris, uh, if we are looking the other way and we do want a purely enough a 2RF CTW option there uh, with, um, I guess, uh, not upside, but they may get one run and never to be seen again, which can be good in Supercoach sense because they're cheap enough. You'll get some points that week, but they're not going to be an auto-emergency nightmare going forward. No, I like the shout and also with the game the way it is at the moment, you know, very physical and player welfare is at the forefront of everyone's mind. There's no guarantee that these Penrith players, Roosters players will back up in round 14. Mm -hmm. So these players could get a second bite at the cherry. So it may actually be worth it. Uh, But yeah, I think it's a massive consideration. I don't think it's too early to start planning for the buys. No, not too early. And of course, I mean, you look at Penrith, it's probably the easiest one there. Sean O'Sullivan, you think he'd be coming in the half somewhere. Kurt Falls could make a, an NRL debut. So I know you mentioned there that um looks a good fixture for Tago and May and maybe some of these other Penrith names. But, I mean, if Burton's not picked, and we didn't have him in this New South Wales squad here of 25, if he's not picked, I mean, the Panthers probably start outside as that. And that could be their first loss of the year, um, really. So anyway, I think we saw that last year as well with the Panthers losing in origin time to the West Tigers uh, on the back of a big winning streak. Uh, anything else there to consider? We'll bring up, uh, well, you'll see, see it still, the teams with the buys on your screen. The Broncos, obviously, Payne Haas figures amongst that list. Katoni Staggs, potentially, as well. Not in that squad of 25 we had there, but another name which could come in. Uh, we'll get to Queensland very soon and some possible... Uh, actually, let's do it right now while we're thinking about it. We'll put it up here now. This is the possible Queensland squad. Again, we've sort of put this together, Tommy and I, tonight. At fullback, Kalen Ponga. On the wing, Xavier Coates and Hamaso Tabuai Fido, who's been named to return through the Cowboys' extended reserves this week. So not named, but we've got him on the wing. Um, Valentine Holmes and Gagai in the centres. Now, Gagai's missing some footy. He might be rushing to get back for Ogin, but we know how good he is for the Maroons. Uh, the halves there, Munster and Cherry Evans as well. So that's a solid uh, back seven there and plenty of speed um, amongst all of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very exciting backline. Uh, I really hope they're listening to us. I think they know more than us, but uh, I think it will be pretty similar to that. Let's look at their forwards, the two props. Josh Papali, he hasn't been great, but he's been very loyal servant to Queensland. He'll be there. Tino as well. He's been always solid and uh, he's a good young player. They'll be picking him. Harry Grant should win the race to number nine, although they do have some good depth there. The back row, Kurt Catewell, Dave Fafita, and Jai Arrow, and then on the bench, Ben Hunt, who is flying, and I think he's almost going to be first picked in that team, really, uh, as the 14. Paddy Carrigan is one of your favourites, I know. Uh, I, might have bumped, I might have bumped Paddy Carrigan up a little high here in <laughs> hindsight, but I'm just thinking, like, he is just so solid and can play prop, he can play lock. Anyway, go on. Yeah, Mo, Mo Fodawaka, who, look, I don't think he's playing 
great footy. I, I agree he'll be in the top 25. I don't know if he'll make the team, but perhaps Felice Kersi and then uh, Bo Firma at 18, who is another one of your boys. Uh, what about the rest of the, the extended squad from our point of view? Yeah, again, Firmal maybe a little bit higher, but I think too, to my credit here for throwing him in at 18, I think he probably offers more than some of those other names below here. Frankie Molo, uh, Jersey 19, or at least uh, in the extended squad. Tom Flegler, Phil Sami, Jaden Sua. Maybe he could find his way onto the bench. Uh, Reed Marnie, uh, AJ Brimson, and Kyle Felt. So, look, I know they're the outsiders in this series here, uh, the Maroons, but really, that's not a bad squad of 25. And if they can find someone else beyond that who we've missed... Um, then they could be you know, in with a fighting chance. One game at Suncorp, one game in Perth, just one game in Sydney this year as well uh, as it stands. So a neutral series, if they get off to a winning start, Queensland, this could be one of those uh, series like we saw in 2020 where New South Wales suddenly playing off the back foot and have plenty of work to do. Yeah, it's an absolutely, it's an awesome team. Um, New South Wales obviously is, is, is a hot team as well, but Queensland, just looking at this side that we've kind of put together, it's, it's really eye-catching and I love the fact that they've got the the ex-players as the coaching staff this year I think that'll bring a real good mentality to the side I want to throw in another bolter just while we're here Ruben Cotter yeah I reckon he's just made for origin that bloke he's a workhorse tough as nails maybe not this year but I think he could be in and around the squad looking yeah no good shout there and I think what you say there he's whether he starts he comes off the bench you, you notice when he's in the game um, really, like Josh Curran even, he's really too far away from the footy uh, in attack and defence. Looking here though at those names that uh, we've got picked, um, some notable omissions here. Obviously, Kalen Ponga's Knights will be in action that first weekend. The Storm for Xavier Coates. Um, what else can we see here? Obviously, um, with Brisbane, Kurt Capewell we think will be named. Um, sorry, so the Broncos are not playing that weekend. So, you look at these uh, some of these other names here, though, there's going to be a couple of squads that we can look to. Um, and the Cowboys, one of those uh, teams playing that week, and you mentioned Cotter there, and they could be giving up some others with Kyle Felt and others as well. So time, again, we say we're four or five weeks out from Origin 1, but now's the time to start looking and to start trading in, considering this, isn't it? Yeah, I think that the Titans is the big one for round 13 from a Queensland point of view. In our side, we've got Tino, Fafita, Bo Fermor, Mo Fodawaka, that's almost the whole four-pack we think are going to be in the Queensland setup in some capacity. So, And they're playing the Cowboys in round 13. So, I don't know, some of those Titans, bench forwards, your Jamin Jolliffs, your Sam Lasone, I don't know. They're probably not great scorers, but they might get extra minutes that week. Yeah, so now's the time to start looking at anyone on, the, I guess, some cheapies that you could bring in or even uh, we've, I think we had Phil Sami there as well. So... Uh, I don't know what Marju's price is currently as we go to air tonight. I don't think he's playing this week, Marju. He may be. Correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, now's he's the playing. time to start looking at those guys that um, will be playing. And they may not be the biggest names uh, that highlight the round 13 weekend, like Marju or uh, some of those other names we mentioned. But now is the time to actually start considering them. Maybe it's not a time to get to an Alex Johnston or, a, you know, previously a Daniel Tupo, some of these bigger names that could be origin players, really. Now's the time where you find a bit of value and you do really find the next Sifatalakai or someone that can make maybe, you know, one, two hundred thousand dollars come the back end of the year. You've done your job well. Yeah, just to round out our chat, what do you think is the magic number, I guess, for round 13? How many scores do you want on that week? I think, I mean, this is the question, isn't it? Um, 
it's all up to personal preference. I know you and I last year, we sort of favoured the 17 buyer because obviously you can run home with some of those players and have to trade them out. But this first buy, you don't want to be sitting back, I don't think, with any less than 12 or 13 players. Like anything less, you could get found out. So have a look at your teams now on the back of this chat. Have a look at your teams uh, and start planning your trades out for the next couple of weeks and getting towards some of those teams and those players that will be figuring in round 13. We're going to leave it there though for the Origin chat. We might pick this up uh, in the coming weeks a little bit closer uh, to kickoff for that first game but as we get closer to, to knowing who's actually going to make these squads or if they will be extended squads. That's the, the asterisk on all of this chat isn't it Tommy? We've got 25 names here for each state. It could be 22, it could be 27. We don't know what this Origin series looks like. Yeah I think with COVID like you say being such an issue still, I, I think uh, there's a good chance it'll be extended squads. And even if it is 22, a lot of the names that we've mentioned here are going to be in the running. So definitely worth considering. Right, let's push this on. We've gone beyond the hour so far. Trading places, our team updates for this week. Now, Tommy, you and I, we put our heads together every, every week and we sort of check in and say, well, who are we bringing in this week? We came up with donuts, we did to this point anyway. So nil trades from us both this week. And I think that's Partly because we're happy with the team we've got, but also we need to start conserving some of these trades, don't we? Because we've been burning through them. Yeah, I think I've traded at every opportunity so far and used one of my boosts. So yeah, I'm down to 29, I think. So I want to be a little bit more conservative, but I, I haven't absolutely settled on no trades. <laughs> People like Chris Randall and Ruben Cotter, their jobs aren't safe this week. That's all I'll say. Yeah, and I mean, I sort of mean, you know, hedged my bets a little bit last week when I traded out both Thermal um, and brought in the Fletcher Baker. Now, again, not a huge name, Fletcher Baker, but the Roosters are playing uh, round 13. So my thinking was, you know, if Angus Crichton is missing or, um, you know, some other Roosters uh, find their way into the Origin team, then maybe Fletcher Baker gets a couple of more minutes. Victor Radley maybe someone who could make way. Uh, anyway, so that's us. No trades from us both this week, but we will keep you updated with our final teams at our Instagram, 7 p.m. on Thursday night. Uh, Superghost365 will have our lockout team lists for round eight. Tommy, let's round this out with some listener questions before we wrap it up. Another big episode tonight, but um, we'll get into this now. And that man there we mentioned in the, the extended squad for New South Wales, Sifatalakai, he has been the talk of the town this week. Uh, and plenty of questions coming through. We might consolidate a couple of these into one, or at least two. Um, someone says, uh, this Hando here, Hando94, is Talakai a must-have? I don't think he's a must-have, but it's starting to border on that ter territory, isn't it? Uh, he's not someone I even thought of in the off-season, but he's became this absolute beast of the game. The big selling point for him, I think, other than his scoring, his break-even this week is still minus 51. So he's probably in for another big price rise. So it's actually not too late to get him. So, yeah, yeah. it might be worth it. I, I mean, it hurts, though, doesn't it, when you see he's made... What's he made? You can probably tell me quicker than I'll find it here. 380k. Yeah. Like, it hurts knowing you've missed that. But, I mean... Should that be a consideration even? Like, and it is a talking point here. You see people say, have we missed the boat on, on Talakai? Cam Murray or Talakai? Someone else says, buy Talakai. He is the talk. So is it too late or it's still not too late because his break-even is so low? Yeah, well, the break-even is the one thing that I'm not going to get him personally, but he is a selling point. And they've got Brisbane this week, then the Warriors, then the Raiders. So it's a pretty good run the next three weeks. You'd have to think for him. 
Yeah, the only concern I do have is is he isn't an outside back per se. Um, I know he's doing a great job there, but when Wade Graham's back, when you think Connor Tracy's fit, I keep coming back to it. He wasn't picked for round one Talakai as a centre. So, I don't know. Humble pile, I'll put the hand up and say I got it wrong. It's probably one of the, the, the big decisions that you and I both got wrong this year. We haven't copped that price rise. But in saying that, our teams haven't let us down. We've still found ways to score big points uh, thanks to some investments elsewhere. Um, we might pick up one of those questions there. Cam Murray or Talakai uh, from Mason Batman 1. If you had to pick one of those two this week, all things considered, break-evens, draws, origin possibilities, would you be bringing in Cam Murray or Sifa Talakai this week? I'd probably go with Talakai, honestly. Um, I'm not bringing in either, as I said, but just the way he's playing, the break-even is so low. Cam Murray's break-even is 73, and he's still uh, more expensive. Oh, sorry, the same price, basically, as Talakai. So, yeah, I'd go I'd go Sifa. Radio, uh, Maggie says, how do I delete my team? I'm guessing that they didn't <laughs> captain Cleary or perhaps last week, and they didn't have uh, uh, Talakai either. I don't know how to delete it. Just delete the app. It's probably one way about it. Alex Brigo says, IPAPS, PAPS, and Talakai, who should we prioritize to bring in this week? Now, this is a great question. Um, obviously, we've, we've spoken uh, highly of these three already on the podcast tonight. Isaiah Papali'i. He won't be playing Origin. The Eels, tell me again, do they play round 13? I don't think they do, so that's a knock on him. Talakai may be in an extended squad, so too Pappenhausen. So, um, Playing for the run home, though, I think the Storm don't have the bias 17. Perhaps probably may be in an Origin squad anyway, so I don't know. Uh, if you had to prioritise one of those three, who would it be and why? I think Pappenhausen. Uh, he won't play probably either of the buy rounds, but it's just it's Pappenhausen, you know. He's shown a couple of times this year he's one of the best players, probably the second best player on Supercoach. So I think you've got to have him. We had him as a Dalian medalist before a ball was kicked. Some laughed. Now they cry. Anyway, um, he's doing well. He still tops the Dalian leaderboards, 15 points from eight, uh, sorry, seven rounds. So it shows you how well he's going. Um, another one here, Penton Blake. Blake Penton asks, Suwali a Supercoach option? Now, I think you had a stat for me yesterday, Tommy, in that Anzac Day game. He didn't touch the ball for such a long time to start the game and somehow finished on 56 Supercoach points. So it shows you when he is involved, he is dangerous. But they just need to get him more ball. Yeah, he had a good second half, but he didn't touch the ball, I think, for the first 37 minutes. So I don't know what was going on there. But he had to try uh, assist to Manu as well. Uh, I don't have him, but he's playing around 13 against the Raiders. And with Teddy out, you'd have to think he's got a spot in the back line for sure. So that is a big selling point. Yeah, um, I think I was looking at him last week, but couldn't get him by something like 10K or uh, couldn't work out my jewels to have him in. But I looked at him last week and I think his first price rise will be after this week. So... Uh, the Roosters against the Bulldogs this week. He could score one, could score two. Uh, could be a big price rise for Suwali very soon. Uh, forgive me here. Massimo Mastrele says, Is Tago Otango a sell or soon to be pl- uh, to be on? Essentially, are we selling Isaac Tango this week? He's peaked in price but plays around 13. You've already sort of touched on this with Isaac Tago. Maybe one not to sell just yet, given his dual position. Panthers playing that week and really um could be a keeper at the year's end yeah i think the fact he's playing around 13 against the dogs is the reason to keep him but i will say scoring the last few weeks has been pretty ordinary what do you put it down to 
Yeah, I'm not sure really. Um, it's been since Cleary's come back, hasn't it? So maybe it's just the ball going to the right a little bit more. Um, Luai maybe you know less involved in the games. I think we've seen that with Luai's score as well down the left. He scored 20 last week and um, in a big win. That's probably some uh, some ominous signs there for Panthers left. Although Taylor May continues to score points, so it's not all bad uh, down that left side. Tommy, we're going to leave it there. That's. Uh, the last of the questions. It's been a big podcast tonight as well, as it usually is. But uh, round eight, plenty to look forward to. But, you know, it's uh, getting serious when we start talking origin, and we've started talking that tonight. Yeah, getting very serious and exciting and some big fixtures this week with probably some captains going to go very big again. So good luck. Stay tuned to that, as we say. Our captain's call on Wednesday. Our final team list on Thursday. On our socials, at Supercoach365. Give us a like, a follow. And if you're listening on the podcast, why not give us a five-star review as well. Ryan and Tommy, this is the Supercoach 365 Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you're on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Enjoy your round eight footy this weekend. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.